0: Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. I am your host, Peter Eklund, and today um, we get back to like the original family of Marvel Universe, the Fantastic Four. And so, man, I haven't seen this movie in years. I'm excited. This was a special guest star choice movie. And so for that um it was picked by my good friend Eric who's here Eric thank you for coming back on man
1: As always thank you for having me
0: Yeah this was this was a throwback man this was crazy I I was wondering at what point I would be going back and looking at like pre MCU superhero stuff So this was a this was a dark time in in superhero movie history right here
1: I'd have to agree with you I mean I remember vividly watching both this movie and mm-hmm. the sequel in theaters, okay. and you know, at the time, I thought this was pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I believe my, my expectations and standards have evolved over that amount of sure. time, but um, I, I think this is a good movie to talk about.
0: You know what? I'm this might be a, an interesting conversation. I mean, I hope the listeners watch the movie um, before listening to the podcast. Excuse me. Um, Because my my thoughts on this movie, we might think differently. There's a lot of stuff I like about this movie. Me too. Okay. Me too. Me too. Okay. So good. (laughs) Good. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah, We'll see if we can agree on those things. But there there are some things that don't really work well. You know, within this movie as a whole. But it's um it's an interesting movie. I I had to like look at this for a second and just kind of see, like, when this movie came out, it was in 2005. Yeah. which it's it's crazy to think just just a few years later three years later we would be launched into the mcu with iron man in which only a few films after that we would get chris evans as captain america after we've known him only as the human torch and i think that there's there's a lot of that that played into why you you picked this movie so actually before i get too far into it, i want to know why did you choose this to be our you know uh, the movie that we watched for this week
1: So, you know, like many of us, I'm sure, uh, we we have a long and rough history with the Fantastic Four. We have, you know, we have these two movies um, with this cast, Mm -hmm. and we've got the one that came out 2016 or 15, yeah, around there. And um,
0: Josh Trank's
1: yeah, (laughs) Trainwreck, the Fan Four, Fan Four Stick, yeah, something like that, right? (laughs) So we have that movie, and then we also have um, the announcement that Fantastic Four will be returning right. in some regard to the MCU. Right,
0: right, so In the next few years.
1: Now, I, I think this was just kind of like a catalyst of me looking at this movie saying, hey, look, it's now on Disney+. Plus." Um, I, I believe this was through the Fox merger. Was oh, yeah. Right? This, yeah. This was through that. Okay, just wanted to make sure. And so, you know, a bunch of things kind of led me to say, "Hey, look, look let's um, let's take a look at this movie again. Maybe, yeah. maybe um, looking back, we can now appreciate different things. Maybe mm-hmm. we can be more critical of things. Oh yeah,
0: um, you know, uh, all that. And that's that's kind of what we're here for. I'm I'm going to give us a little bit of a, a history lesson. I don't know if you know this at all, this the story behind this and how things kind of shook out. But um, the reason it's it's so interesting where we are because you know. Currently, right now, we have the MCU and Feige um, and Disney bought Marvel uh, and had Marvel Studios, but they bought out Fox Studios, which had a lot of Marvel characters attached to them. And then what's interesting, too, is we have, you know, Spider-Man over at Sony and we have um, the Incredible Hulk actually is still technically owned by Universal. And so it's kind of a weird thing on how how this all shook out. But in the '90s, Marvel Comics was floundering. Okay, I didn't know if you knew this or not. So Marvel Comics was floundering, and they were at the point of bankruptcy. And so what they did to keep themselves afloat was they sold off all their properties to different studios. And so, um, and the studios just picked up whoever they want. And so the everything got scattered. And so um, they didn't like all, not one studio took everything because that would have probably cost too much money at the time. But what ended up happening was X-Men and the Fantastic Four went over to 20th Century Fox. I think Paramount or someone had Iron Man for a minute, you know, or whatever. And the Incredible Hulk Or maybe it was universal. I know Universal has the Hulk, but Sony picked up everything Spider-Man related and, everything else that was really kind of left. I mean, I, I don't know where a lot of these studios like where daredevil and Electra and ghostwriter where they, they all went, but they were just kind of scattered into the four winds. And so when Marvel's MCU just started, they were like, okay, who do we have left? And let's, you know, start something or let's just make a movie. And they made iron man. And it was like, Oh my gosh, such an amazing accomplishment. That movie had everything not going for its favor. And it just skyrocketed, <laughs> no pun intended. But um, and since then, since the MCU um, really has success, we started seeing collaborations with the MCU, saying, "Hey, can we borrow Spider-Man for some things?" And we see, you know, them sweeping up X-Men because X-Men and Fantastic Four. I mean, X-Men had had success, Fantastic Four struggled, but within a big arm sweep, Marvel has acquired all those things. But in the meantime, when it was the years between 2000 and 2000 and whenever, you know, it, it was kind of rough sailing for, for the, these movies.
1: I I just looked it up. Uh, Iron Man one was a paramount flick as well. So yeah, I thought so. I thought so. I'm, yeah. That, that kind of lines up with the whole, I don't know, situation of the early 2010s. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. it's crazy. Cause like, it's funny to think about like, where superhero movies were at this point in time in you know 2005 around this time i mean i actually i wrote down some things okay if you want to hear it <clears throat> here's kind of the lineup of what we had before fantastic four come out okay and this is just marvel um and i started at year 2000 sometime i think it was 97 or 98 we got the first blade couple, movie. yeah yeah but Jan- uh, july 14th 2000 we had x-men okay And then it wasn't until 2002 that we got Blade 2, which a lot of people didn't even know that Blade was a Marvel comic book character. May 3rd, 2002, we got Spider-Man. And then it wasn't for another year that we – February 14th, Valentine's Day, we got Daredevil. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that came out on Valentine's Day. Followed by that, May, we got X-Men 2 and The Hulk in 2003. Then in 2004, we had Punisher. Spider-Man 2 and Blade Trinity. Spider-Man 2 is probably still one of my favorite superhero movies. It's a fantastic film. Incredible. And then we had in 2005, in January, we had Elektra, and then we got Fantastic 4, which is just so interesting that we waited this long to get a Fantastic 4 movie. Because honestly, I I think apart from the X-Men and Spider-Man, I think they're like the most noteworthy characters from Marvel that people would think of. No, right? I would agree. You yeah. know, so I don't know. It's just like what a, what a little time capsule right here of these movies because most of them are real stinkers. <laughs> you know, Daredevil, Hulk, Punisher, Blade Trinity, Electra. None of these movies really accomplished much much anything, and people were like really losing hope. I think in the superhero genre at this point.
1: I mean, it, w- it was definitely a different lineup, um, and. and- I, I think they were kind of struggling from the same formula, yeah. you know, and w- which obviously we can go into a little bit, but um, I don't know. Besides some of the, the standouts say like Spider-Man two and
0: stuff, they all kind of just put her along. Yeah. You know, they're kind of by the numbers. They're yeah. not, they don't really are taking a lot of risks. They're not telling elevated stories like we see within the MCU, you know, or even, I think it was in 2008 as well. No, 2005. I think we got Batman Begins. So I think that was really a big launching point. We're like, oh man, these actually these superhero movies can be can actually be good. You know, they don't have to be just like churned out and just like as nothing films. You know, just flash and not much else. B movie,
1: you're all set. You know, Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so I think it's, we're right at the, the tipping point here, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's interesting to go back and watch this because this was, this is, it's funny because in, in the Disney plus library, it's categorized with the X-Men movies as being Marvel legacy films, which means that they were, they have nothing to do with the MCU, but they were acquired by the, the rights for Marvel. So, yeah. Yeah. So you said you saw this in what you had a thought I can see on your well, face.
1: I'm just thinking, I, I, I like that this was the movie that we're talking about too because it's kind of at the tail end of this. Yeah. So we're we're seeing this right before the birth of the actual MCU yeah. and what you know behemoth that's turned into. Oh my
0: gosh, incredible. So
1: you know, that's yeah, I think that's a good point to talk about. You know, what was a superhero film before the MCU?
0: Not much. I mean, because even as far as DC goes around this time, before Batman Begins, all we really had, I mean, we in the mid-90s, we had Batman and Robin, and then we had Constantine and Catwoman, and then we got, finally, Batman Begins in 2005. So it was a real dead zone. It was nothing good.
1: Yeah. Really. I
0: mean, okay, not nothing good. The X-Men movies, one and two, were good. Spider-Man, right. one and two, were successful. Good. Yeah.
1: But still. For the most part. You wouldn't really take those movies seriously, even though, you know, you could consider them still good films. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, they don't really have that incredible depth. Right. Maybe barring Spider-Man 2.
0: Yeah. And you're right. I mean, you're not having big conversations that like – think about the conversations we had as far as just film fans surrounding um, Avengers Infinity War and then Endgame. You know, like – all the conversations, everything everybody was talking about, like how much was it there really to talk about with Electra or Daredevil that it was really like putting its finger on the zeitgeist, you know?
1: I mean, you know, like you said, you can have a movie like Endgame where you can talk about it to death or you can have a movie like Electra where you walk out of the theater and say, I liked it.
0: Yeah, Jennifer Garner's hot. <laughs> we both just shrugged like, Meh, Yeah. That, that's it.
1: So you have that range. Mm-hmm. So where does this movie fall in? Then I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: are you so? Are you familiar much with like the Fantastic Four as comics and stuff, or?
1: A little bit. I, I I'm pleased to say a little bit more than all the others, mm-hmm. and only because I actually do have some of the Fantastic Four comics.
0: Okay, cool. That
1: were passed down to me and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw a little bit more of them than I did, you know, any of the other Marvel um, IPs Yeah. Uh, growing up.
0: Okay. Well, that's kind of cool, you know, because yeah. in, in a lot of ways, these guys, I mean, when Stan Lee created the Fantastic Four, it was the early 60s. And um, basically, he was just fed up with the comic books as, as they were. So he's like, I'm going to go out with a bang. I'm going to create. Something that's just going to be exciting for me. And he created the Fantastic Four. And so they were like the first of his major Marvel um, creations. Captain America exists existed, but that was mostly propaganda, you know, during World War II. Um, but at this time, you know, he, and from there he launched Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man and the X-Men just like kind of flew out of that. But these guys, the Fantastic Four, are like literally the first family of Marvel, which is really kind of cool. And so they have this heritage, you know, and it's like, man, and, and I, I, I get frustrated because there's so many people who are like, when they first announced that they're doing a Fantastic Four movie in the MCU, they're like, Oh man, here we go again. I'm just like, wait a minute. Kevin Feige has not tackled the Fantastic Four yet. And if anything we can, can prove is, is that we got to trust the right people at the helms to create good stories because all these stories are capable of being really great movies. You know, if we just, unfortunately the, the track record hasn't paid, paid, played out too well, but if the capability is there and the characters are there and the themes are there. I think we could easily have a good fantastic Four movie.
1: Well, you know, just, just to touch on that really quickly, even if, The next Fantastic Four movie is on the same level as like, say, Thor Dark World. Mm -hmm. We're still seeing a massive improvement.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: And they would also be in the MCU. So then, you know, we we have have so many options there also to see them in, you know, as, um, you know, supporting characters as well you know, getting more of, you know, an Avengers style movie with yep. them. So, you know, th- there's a lot of good that can even come from a mediocre MCU yeah. uh, Fantastic Four movie.
0: Yeah. And you know who um, they have working on on this Fantastic Four movie as far as directing goes? I do not. Um, it's, oh gosh, it's the same guy who did the Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man oh, Far From okay. Home. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not Webb because that's the guy who did the amazing Spider-Man. I'm I'm blanking on his name. And I mean with that I think I think he's he's got the right stuff for it, you know. It's not going to be Trank, it's not going to be Tim Story, which I think Tim Story is um I don't think he was as successful. Yes, John Watts. Oh, uh, waits, Watt wat, Watts? Looks like Watts. Watts. Yeah. Wait, Watts, Watts, Watts. <laughs> um so yeah, I think he's going to I think he's going to do a great job. I th- I'm I'm looking forward to it. If anything, he's proven that he can do Spider-Man, which is a teenage story. You basically can tell a family story I'll, in the I'll, MCU. I'll give him a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So what what is it that y- you saw this when you were a kid in theaters? Yep. I saw it in theaters as well. I think it was after my first year of college that summer. Okay. I saw it. Um, what did you think when you saw it in theaters way back when? I liked it. Yeah.
1: You know, just straight up, you know. It, it hits enough of the right points in an action movie, in a superhero movie, to keep your interest. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I liked the pacing of the movie. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't, you know, a complete train wreck. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they had some uh, quick little one lines and stuff like that, which are still relatively memorable. And yeah. uh, it, it, it did its job.
0: Yeah, it, it kind of came in, did its stuff, and it was successful enough that they got a sequel. Right, you know, so that's kind of telling. You know, it must have made some kind of splash at the box office mm-hmm. if they were like, "Let's do this again," you yeah. know, with the same cast. Yeah, yeah. I'm. A, well Go ahead. What did you think of the cast? Okay. Um, half of the cast I really love. Okay. Um, okay, actually. Yeah, I'll say half of the performances of the, of the four I really love. Okay. The other half, man. And it's, it's crazy because on that other half of those who I did not really like, I think I would say Chris Evans is a part of that. I don't like his Johnny Storm.
1: He, he, was, he did not fit. No not,
0: not, no, not really. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's so funny because I remember when they were talking about him playing Steve Rogers – you know, in the first Avenger, everybody was like, are you kidding me? You're going to have this guy? And now Chris Evans is so synonymous with with Captain America. Yeah, he is Captain America. Oh my gosh. And it's it's hard, it's, it's so almost hard to go back and watch this, watching him in this movie. You know, because you really see him, maybe it's just his acting range, but man, he is, he's rough in this. It
1: it definitely wasn't the highlight, I'll say. Yeah. Um, and I, I I have to ask who was the other half of that that I did not that like you did not like.
0: Jessica Alba she is she is not good in this movie. She is she is not from the as a comic book fan of the Fantastic Four you you probably have grown to really love Susan Storm, Sue Storm, Sue Richards in the comics. and it's like Jessica Alba. Her, she's, her line deliveries are so rough, are so bad. And I mean, she's, I don't want, I'm not going to try to disrespect her in any way. I think she just was attached to this for the sex appeal because she was a big, big person at this time. Everyone loved her. She was super hot, right? And she just, that's what she, they really got her for.
1: I think it was pushed in more of that direction than, you know, casting for the part, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I think some, some similar problems that we see in other movies around that time period. Um, well, th- this is a similar problem. Yeah. Um, that they're not casting for the role of the, you know, the superhero and stuff like that. They're just ca- casting for, the uh the attention or you know just just the the fad at the time
0: who's in maxim magazine <laughs> you know like at the time so
1: with that being said i don't think it was the worst that they could have done but it certainly wasn't the best okay yeah. it's definitely leaning towards you know worse than better yeah. but with that said the thing
0: I love him in this.
1: I think he does a great job.
0: I think the, his performance is amazing. I think he is Ben Grimm. I think Ben Grimm is one of the best comic book characters that that is in comics. His relationship with Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four I think is so wonderful and amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think Michael Chiklis does a great job in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly um yoan griffin who plays um reed is also very good in this i think he is very much reed richards in the
1: comics my 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 favorite part of the whole movie was when reed is talking to sue and he's telling her it's like you uh you probably want some some guy who's you know a big strong man and stuff like that and then he stretches his chin to have that pronounced yes. feature. And, you know, I, I was just like, yeah, see that, that's the kind of humor and relatability mm-hmm. that I want in Richards.
0: Yes, you know? I, I agree. And I, I also, I think one of the, the main things I like about Reed Richards as well is is he's so aloof mm-hmm. and he has no idea what's going on because his his mind is so in the quantum realm in a sense of like yeah. thinking and that he's, he has a hard time keeping his feet on the ground. And I think he's going to be a very interesting person for us to see in the MCU. Finally, now that we don't have Tony Stark, I think Reed can really fill in some of that space that we're going to be missing with Reed. That is a very good point. You know, so I think um, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do there, but I think a lot of people harsh on this movie and we're quick to harsh on it without talking about what this movie gets right. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think
0: their relationship and I think their performances um, are so true to the character Um, I'm honestly, I'm like, bring them back. You know, I would love to see the two of them play the roles again, but they absolutely would not.
1: Another thing they get right or right enough for, uh, you know, the movie adaptation is the origin story. Yeah, they do. You know, uh, I think the origin story had enough, uh, had a good pacing, like I was talking about earlier, where it's just, okay, you know, we get in, we get out, we get it. Mm-hmm. And now we continue with the consequences, you know, it, in that short 15, 20 minute range. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, for a movie, that's what an hour and 40 minutes,
0: which is really super short for a superhero movie, by the way,
1: for, for our standards now. Yes. Yeah. But back, back then that, that seems fine. Right. Yeah. It, it yeah. seemed pretty par for the course. Yeah. Right? So yeah, again, 20 minutes in and out for origin story. Great. Moving on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy
0: yeah and they they got it and i think what's also kind of interesting about the fantastic four and telling that story when the comic book first launched space travel wasn't a thing yet we hadn't accomplished space travel yet
1: that's a really good point (laughs) isn't it crazy to
0: think about because so so here we have a movie that came out in the 21st century and it's about these characters you know in space you know starting off the film and how they got their powers but for stan lee when he wrote this. It was like, we finally figured out how to get into space. And when they did it, he created cosmic radiation, cosmic rays. And that's how they get their power. And so it was just this journey into the mystery, into the unknown. You know what I mean? But now it's like, how do you tell that story with modern audiences where when space travel and astronauts well, is so much of a thing? It's so funny
1: because th- th- that's a really good point, though, because like I, while I was watching it, I think the, the thing that I thought was the most corny was the depiction of the space station, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, this just seems so dated," you know. <laughs> yeah. And because now you, we're, we're, I think we're kind of into the next space age where you know things are ramping up again, yeah. And you know, we're gonna see some real exploration. So, um, I I just find that funny that that was what dated the movie the most for me. Yeah. You
0: know. Yeah. So there there's there's some other funny things that really kind of stood out to me in regards to this. Um the soundtrack? Oh come on. <laughs> when Johnny Storm is snowboarding, I was just like I was I was brought back to the who was that by the way? Was not Simple know. Simple Plan, was Something. it or yellow card? Oh it was like you can Easily date movies. I was headbanging. You
1: know? I was grooving out. I'm like, what what is
0: this? This is great. Yeah, some of the music <laughs> within this movie. And I, I think that's another thing. You go and watch these movies, and I think the, even the soundtrack and in, in um, Daredevil has like evanescence is in there, and it's just like it's it's just like such a okay, it's, it's dark, it's bleak, we gotta have you know, evanescence. I don't know. It's just these movies are so funny. Well, these movies are in a different style too, where you have
1: normal songs in a soundtrack on top of the scoring. Yeah. We don't really get that anymore. No. Like we, we get one or two songs depending sure. on, you know, the mood. Like, you know, you get some ACDC or something. Right. Like for Iron Man. Right. Okay. We get that. But it's not the whole soundtrack.
0: Right. Except for like Guardians of the Galaxy. But even then, okay, the yeah. music in Guardians of the Galaxy is from the 70s and 80s. So it's so just like tried and true. Right. You're, you don't listen to it and go oh i'm just reminded of when i was a a junior higher and you know in my bedroom
1: i will say the guardians of the galaxy soundtrack was executed much more properly oh
0: yeah so oh yeah you're, you're a big musician so i think you probably tune into those things you know more than most you know well at least
1: when it doesn't work It hits me very hard and it kind of like pulls me out completely. And I basically have to say,
0: okay, you
1: know, let's come back to this at some point because it's just bad.
0: Yeah. It shouldn't distract. It should enhance. You know, that's how I feel a lot. A lot of times when a movie, you know, it doesn't work when it pulls you out is when it's like bad editing, bad score, you know, things can really pull you out of the movie. Bad writing Mm -hmm. pulls you out of the movie, but when it's good, you can get by just watching it. And you almost don't even recognize it or see it, you know? Yep. Okay, so let, let's get into this movie some more. We've been talking about a lot of the things kind of surrounding it. And, you know, you talked about the, um, the space station and them getting their powers. I like how we see their powers on the space station as like their silhouettes when they get hit. You know, you see Johnny flame on a little bit. You see... Read, stretch out, you see her kind of disappear. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like that. But we also got to talk about another person within this movie. We got to talk about Jillian McMahon, who played Doctor Doom. How do you feel about Victor Von Doom in this movie?
1: I'm going to say I like it. Really? I'm going to say I like it. (laughs) <laughs> okay what i like about it because I, I have to take myself back to 2005 okay okay and we're not talking with the massive expanse of the mcu and the standards that we've had for the mcu there okay, okay. i'm gonna set that aside for a moment back then very solid like average villain you know what i'm saying? Okay. Like, um, he's got a bit of maniacalness I like it yes you know um, casting hey eh. you know yeah it's it's okay yeah the relationship and the dialogue between him the thing and uh, mr In- or, uh, sorry. Reed Richards. Reed Richards, thank you. Um, I, I'd say is above average. I I, I liked okay. I liked a lot of the back and forth, but and the relationship of those three characters, how they portrayed that in the movie, yeah, how they got that across in the amount of time that they did, mm-hmm. thought it was pretty good. But we have the knowledge of the next fifteen years. Okay. Okay. And now I'm I, now I'm bringing this back with. All of the Marvel movies that we've had, it gets a solid, like, two out of ten.
0: Yeah, he's – here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think even when I saw this, I did not like him in this movie. You know? Um, okay, I think his his role is the one that's done the most wrong. Really? They, I okay. think so. Okay. I think he is worse than, than Chris Evans as Johnny Storm because I think at least there – I think what's the problem with Chris Evans is how he was directed – than necessary and how he was written than even in his portrayal. Okay. I think Sue, I, I, I think Jessica Alba is just not as successful of an, or as a strong of an actress, you know, um, mm-hmm. in comparative to somebody else. I think it also, I mean, she's not really even acting anymore. She's actually a CEO of a makeup company. She's, she's succeeding in other things, you know, right. so she's not even chasing the, the acting thing anymore. um, I think they they get his character so wrong, you know. I think Doctor Doom is supposed to be on the same level as a villain in the Marvel universe as Magneto, as Thanos, as um, I would say Green Goblin, because like those are the main ones, right? Okay. Doctor okay. Doom is the yeah. Fantastic Four, Green Goblin is Spider Man's, Magneto is um, the X Men, and who else did I mention? Thanos is the Thanos. Avengers. So, you got to get this character right. You got to get the villain right. And I think they, I think there is a short-sightedness when making this kind of a movie. Like, okay, we know how the character truly is in the comics, but we're going to cut those corners in order to make it, you know, well, easier for us they, as filmmakers.
1: They they certainly made it a 2005 superhero movie. Yeah, in, in that regard. Yeah, you know, it, it's the one and done, or you one and a half and done, something like that. And
0: yeah,
1: yeah, it, it was okay.
0: Yeah, see, but like, and, and the thing is, like, where they get him wrong is that he is—he is this, um, what's the word? He's this ruler of a nation, and so there's this um, gravitas about him. There's supposed to be this this air about him. Like, we get that the superiority a little bit, you know, with between him and Reed in this movie. But not to the level as he is in, in the comic books. He's the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. And he, he's only paled a little bit by Reed in the comics, you know. And he's also like – he's as far as like his, his capabilities and his powers go, he's like a 50-50 dabble of like science and then mysticism, mm-hmm. you know, with this fact that he is a ruler of an entire nations. You know, so I'm, I'm just like I want to see him. Really, I that's who I want to see almost more so than anyone else in the Fantastic Four movie. If they do use Doctor Doom, I want to see Doctor Doom done right. Right. You know, in the MCU. But I, I think he's, he's so mustache twisty. He's so like I just don't understand how he goes from being in love with sue and then he's basically like oh i'm gonna kill you it's just it does his i don't know i don't like him the
1: writing did fall apart for that story arc i totally agree um yeah like i said again for a 2005 superhero villain he was okay for our standards our standards 2021 more almost halfway through 2021 (laughs) Uh, that's incredible, by the way. Um, yeah, he doesn't hold up. Yeah. He doesn't hold up, you know? I, I mean, he... Now now with this inclusion with Fantastic Four into MCU, when or if they choose to use Doctor Doom again, mm-hmm. we could see him as a true, you know, multi-arc
0: villain. Yeah. And I really hope they would. I hope they would use him, like, almost similarly how they've used Loki. Yeah, You know, because Loki is Thor's big bad, you know, and keeping him around. I just, I think he's a, he's a big threat, not only the Fantastic Four, but the universe at large, you know, and that's another thing that got wrong with this. And that's okay. Like we understand you're like, okay, well we got to give him his power somehow. They included him on the space station. He wasn't in the comics. He just kind of, I think he comes up in like Fantastic Four issue number four. So, you know, he wasn't necessarily the mainstay villain for them first First off, you know, but there's some interesting history in the comics. They could really explore with that. And honestly, I know I'm going back, I'm going to another movie, the Josh Trank Fantastic Four up into the point that they got their powers. I remember like hearing like, everyone's hated on this movie. Everyone's hating this movie. And I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. And I'm like, Oh, this is not bad. I don't know why everybody's hating this movie. Like, but then they get their powers. And I was just like, Oh, now this movie's crap. And the movie really, really fell apart. And I think that Dr. Doom was even worse probably than this Dr. Doom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was not a fan of that movie at all. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I'm alone there. So.
0: Yeah. Um, what else do we want to talk about here? I, I think where this movie is fun is when they're discovering their powers. Yeah. And I think also when they're like living together and, and studying their powers.
1: You get some classic montage music in there too. Yeah. I mean – doesn't love a good like 2005 montage you know it's great um there are a lot of good points to this movie Mm -hmm. um that still do hold up i believe i think so you know um i would fit this more under almost under like a guardians of the galaxy style movie oh sure but obviously diluted yeah you know
0: yeah i think so too i i i agree um I think what you what you have to get with the Fantastic Four is that they're explorers. They're the ones who they're journeying and they're studying. You know, they're not like necessarily the ones where, we got to defend the earth. You know what I mean? They're the ones who will right wrongs as they are discovering every corner of the universe, both in scale and the macro size and the micro size and dimensional size, you know, the negative zone and, and things like that, you know, so they could really play in some interesting Aspects of the Marvel universe that we've just started getting into in the last few years, like the quantum realm, you know? So it, it'd be interesting to really kind of see what they what they do. And I think this movie does a decent job in that, in establishing that. Um yeah. Um one I like the montages. I think what's funny was um one thing that I wrote down was Johnny Storm when he's when he gets his temperature taken by that woman, <laughs> by the nurse and it reads at 209 there is no way that nurse would just be like okay hot stuff i'll meet you up on the mountain you're you're done you're dead if you're at 209 we got she, she wouldn't just wrote that off
1: again <laughs> there are certain blips within the movie um, that you know if you just choose to forget about it makes sense mhm we I think we have been treated to a higher standard of superhero movies as yeah. we've progressed, where blatant uh, events like that um, would cause more of an outrage.
0: Yeah, we want a little bit more realism now. A little bit we more to. We want to believe that this yes. could exist in our world.
1: At least um, trying to close out some loopholes or, you know, yeah things like that.
0: Yeah. You know? Um let's talk about this cuz I think right around this time of the the movie we got we got to talk about Ben. We got to talk about the thing. Yes. And I think the the I think the main criticism that you can give about this movie regarding the thing is not his performance, but it's the costume. What do you think?
1: You know, I didn't mind it. Mhm. I I don't think it was the best thing ever right i don't know watching it from like a strictly just you know i threw it on it didn't really do um it, it didn't stick out to me as like a sore thumb okay you know what i'm saying yeah. if i'm just watching this movie not a big deal if i'm going to see the fantastic four i don't want it yeah you know how about you
0: um <clears throat> There, I, At first, I, when I was putting it on, I was remembering, I was like, I remember a lot of people talking about how bad this costume looked. Mm-hmm. And then when we, we first see him, I'll tell you what I like. I like to see him with the hat and the coat because that is just so – the look from the comic books. I love seeing Ben Grimm in just his regular life when he's like going to the bar and he's hanging down on Yancey Street and he has his trench coat and his hat. And so when, I, when we see him with that, I'm like, and it's dark. And he's in the shadows, like when he's going to see his wife, I'm like, actually doesn't look too bad. He looks pretty good. But then when you get him in this, the, just like the middle of the day, he's out on the bridge in there. We have that whole fight scene there. Which is very, it just looks so rubbery and fake and it just, it would not hold up, you know?
1: What's the right word? I wanted it to be more pronounced. Yeah. You know?
0: And then honestly I think there's another I I there's parts of it that I like the look cuz I want to see him with just like the little boulders all over his body yeah. you know. And then but then we got like the Josh Trank one and I did not like the thing in that because that the look of the Josh Trank um, thing just was right. Oh, was that him? Was this I thought he was like more granity and like I could be wrong. I'm I'm looking. Okay. But Maybe I just blocked out a lot. I think I blocked out a lot of that movie.
1: I, I I watched that movie once, and I really held out hope for it, but it it just couldn't be saved.
0: I mean, even when you have like Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm, is is Johnny just a really hard character to get down? Because Michael I B. Think, Jordan is a great I think actor. It's the writing.
1: I, I I have to believe it's the writing because they're not getting the, these no-talent actors to, to try for Johnny Storm. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: But mm-hmm. that's just me. Um, what else you want? Oh, I, this is something I got to say. Okay. That bridge scene. Yeah. Fun scene. But, like, there's some... <laughs> I think there's a thing that they did, and this is, I read this on somewhere. I don't know where I read this. But they added the whole... Um, when Jessica Alba starts stripping down... Yep. they added that because they cast her. Wow. You know? And so, and which like, yeah, but we, we can't get through, but you could. So let's, let's strip you down naked basically. And um, then somehow you're going to get through and you're going to help get us through. Like it, it kind of opens up like a little bit of a plot hole. Yeah. There's some reasoning there. some, yeah. And it just doesn't really make sense, but just for the opportunity to get Jessica Alba and her you know, um, underwear.
1: Again, it <laughs> follows it follows a lot of problems that a 2005 superhero movie had, where they are not casting for the role of the hero; they're casting yeah. for the appeal at the time.
0: Yeah, because like also at the same time, we around this time we had Catwoman. Remember Halle Berry and Catwoman in her costume? Like it was so like, um, what's the word? exemplify not exemplify what's the word i'm looking for exaggerated exactly yeah, yeah but it's sort of. objectifies that's the word it yeah. ob- just objectifies these these women you know just being like sex bots you know what i mean which well, let's be honest comic books did that do that you know but it's like i think there's been i think the mcu has been really smart in how they portray the characters i think even like when we first get black widow i think we still in like iron man 2 we still have a little bit of that yeah you know um but it's it really kind of phase out, out of that yeah you know um
1: well i, I remember even for um scarlet witch they were t- uh, uh, elizabeth olsen was talking about you know hey why am i the only one with cleavage right now it's like okay you know they're they're trying to update yeah things for the time and you know that that's good honestly you know let's if if that allows us to focus more on good character development and Mm -hmm. good storylines all for that and we all win
0: you know um yeah so we we have we have that scene and that there there, i have problems with that scene it was fun to some degree you know get to see a showcase of their powers but there's there's moments where Like Sue jumps up on something, you know, cause they're further away and she's yelling out, Ben, Ben, Ben. When they didn't even establish that they knew he was there. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's some like problems with the editing or the structure of this movie that just does not make sense. The her stripping down and turning invisible for some reason would help Johnny and, and Reed get further down the bridge to help people. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's things like that. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I I get frustrated with that, you know. But um, they they return to the Baxter Building. We get a we get a Stanley cameo.
1: We do get a Stanley. cameo. Did you Lee remember cameo.
0: that we had that?
1: I I when I saw, it, I was like, that's good. I'm glad that we had that. You yeah, know, just because you know it, it, it's a Marvel movie.
0: I don't know if we had much for Stanley cameos before this point. I think he might have been in X Men. So he was in Spider Man. I don't know if he was in Daredevil. I think he was in the Hulk. He was in Spider-Man 2. So this is still, you know, like maybe people were hoping to see a Stanley cameo, but not like how it was for the
1: MCU yeah, for us. It wasn't like a thing yeah. that you look out for. Yeah.
0: You know? And I like the role he plays because he's in the comic books. The mailman who delivers to the Baxter building. And just, he's so cute. I love Stan, you know, He's like, welcome to the Baxter building Reed, you know, just like, ah, oh, I just, oh, you know, I just love him so much. He's so good. Um, what do you want to talk about? What are some things you want to talk about?
1: Gosh. Um, let me see here. Now, no, I know we didn't get too far into, um, the actual fight scenes, okay, stuff yeah. like that. Um, what did you think of the final battle?
0: Oh, it's I don't know. It doesn't really do anything for me, honestly. It's just like showcasing their different powers and yep. taking down the one villain, and they kind of combine with their powers combined. You know, they can take down Doctor Doom. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't. It. I I think they could have done a little bit more with the with the action. Mm-hmm. You know. Um.
1: I don't know. Okay. L- let me ask you this. Based on up till then, what did you think of the final scene?
0: Up until what point? At what point are you what do you mean?
1: So uh up until when this movie is out, mm-hmm. based on say other other superhero films and stuff, what do we have to best compare this to? For you know what are we looking at for final uh fight scenes you're saying we have the the 2 X-Men movies right yeah then we also have blade we have did you say we have Hulk in 3 in 2003 right yeah
0: that one was rough the one with Eric Bana yeah fights i mean none of them i mean the the X-Men and X-Men 2 actually is pretty good the Spider-Man movies have some have good action at the end of them you know green goblin and then with um, Dr. I, yeah. Octopus. I
1: really liked one and two. I, I think, I think they had some really good end scenes.
0: But... Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think some things are tough when you have like four characters going up against one villain. It's hard to, I think structure a fight with powers that makes sense. Like I think when I think of the Avengers movie, mm-hmm. it's the Avengers fighting in New York city, facing off an ar- against an army of, of aliens. Mm-hmm you know, and then they kind of trade who's fighting Loki at different times. So I think that's one way you get around it, but I think it's, it might be difficult to structure a battle with multiple heroes fighting one villain without it kind of maybe coming off cheesy. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of cheesy for me in this, Uh you know? Yeah. Well,
1: I, I don't think it's, it's an easy thing to do. Yeah. You know, um, with with all the movies in the avengers. And I know I'm comparing it a lot back and forth but it's, Oh me too. Yeah, you know, that's you know, what with the knowledge we have, um, I don't think it holds up. But I I think going off of your thoughts on Dr. Doom, if they had structured Dr. Doom better, mm-hmm. I think the end fight scene would have been better.
0: Yeah yeah you're probably right
1: it's kind of you you get one you get the other
0: yeah because he's so he's so maniacal like you said in this and which it really gets to a point like when when we see him in his costume there's a part that i like with his look when he's the hood and he has the mask on but the fact that like the alloy is his skin and he's just like i don't know and he's like shooting a rocket and he's I don't know. He's so maniacal in a level of just like really being mustache twisty as a villain that it just, he just doesn't, he no longer works for me. I mean, he, he never really did throughout the rest of the entirety of this movie. But um, I I just, I don't know. And he's freezing Reed and just, I don't know. It just seems clunky and awkward for me. And I mean, I, I want him to be Lex Luthor. You know, I want him to be he's he's a real force to be reckoned with on multiple levels you know um power wise but also his intellect and also his bravado you know i mean we just we just get we lose a lot of that Hmm. you know but again let me talk about what this movie gets right i think this movie at times is a lot of fun oh yeah you know like you said some of the lines within it it's super great, like just little one-offs. Like I like, I laughed when when Johnny is just looking at the thing and he goes, "Where are your ears?"
1: It's good. It's good. <laughs> it takes you out of the element, a bit, but it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Or when the thing when they're on the elevator and and they exceed the maximum yeah. weight for the elevator, it's like we'll take the stairs. <laughs> like you know,
1: it's it's good. It, it's just good.
0: And and, and Chickles does such a great job, and I think it's, it really sells it sells the lines for me. Yeah. You know, I, I love Ben Grimm. I love Ben Grimm and I love their relationship. And I think this story for the most part gets it right. One plot hole, one problem I did kind of have with this movie. Okay. I, I like the whole aspect of Reed trying to figure out how to fix Ben because that's such a classic thing from the comics. Yeah. Basically, you did one thing wrong and you turned your best friend into a monster. And there's a real love there between the two of them, you know? And so the, every time he looks at his best friend, he sees his own inability. He sees his own failure, you know, and he, he just wants to fix Ben no matter what. And we get that storyline played out a lot within the Fantastic Four comics. I don't like how they went about fixing him. The whole tank thing. Let's, let's create the storm again and if we can i it doesn't i don't think it works like on a even conceptual side of things like how could creating this recreating the storm fix him better and then with that when he's when he's human again how could you recreate the storm again and bank on the fact that he would go back to
1: being the thing you know something about switching the signals <sighs> it's a bit of a stretch (laughs) stretch didn't even plan that one um i get a cookie um i i would agree with you where i think i would have again in a perfect world i would have liked to see that um aspect of their relationship get played out over several films Mm-hmm. have it touch upon in the first film say say we we get lucky enough to have like a trilogy of fantastic four movies sure just fantastic Four. that would be movies. awesome like honestly first movie just touch on it say mm-hmm. like oh reed's got to fix this right second movie reed is just working on fixing it whole movie yeah like you know that's and, and he's just failing the first movie know? they're
0: so busy they can't yeah even yeah they're they're
1: they're dealing with enemy number one right right second movie dr Doom you know the the constant pursuit of Reed trying to fix his relationships with either Ben or Sue or whatever something like right. that right and then obviously you know the third one culmination either him fixing or them uh accepting yeah the thing you know that, that that's my 30 second take yeah but that would have been I I think you know that it would have needed that kind of pacing for us to really get involved with it. You know,
0: there's, there's so much time in this movie that's spent with them in the montage scenes with him, just trying to fix things that I think we, we lose out on, on story, you know, and again, this is an hour and a hour and 45 minutes. You could have taken up more time for some action. You could have had another action scene in there. You could have had some other stuff to go on. You could have had faced off against Dr. Doom and lose the first time. And then, you're, you walk away licking your wounds and then you have to kind of go back again. You know, like they could have done something like that, yeah. you know, or have him on the sidelines and introduce another villain. You know, bring yeah. in the mole man, bring in the puppet master, bring in another iconic Fantastic Four villain. You know, they could have done something along those lines.
1: Kind of along the lines of uh, Amazing Spider-Man, where they brought in so many <laughs> villains.
0: Right. Well, what's what's so <laughs> annoying about Amazing Spider-Man movies especially the second one not to jump around. Oh yeah, but it's just like <laughs> we're going to make this movie but it's really going to be a setup movie for the Sinister 6. And so we're just going to start introducing character, 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 character. Hey, look at that thing over there just to be a layup or an alley-oop for an, the next movie to come out. And it's just cynical filmmaking at its best. Yeah. yeah. I think I think another thing they kind of get right in this movie that I do enjoy seeing. I think they went a little heavy-handed with it a little bit, but the relationship between Johnny and Ben. Okay. Because Johnny is so antagonistic towards Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is it's annoyingly so, but you know, you get the whole like shaving cream thing. But I, I, the one I love is when Ben balls up the car. Oh, it's great. And then throws the license plate at him, <laughs> hits him in the head. I like that moment. You know, they, they get their licks on each other back and yeah. forth, you know? Um, do we need to talk more about Chris Evans in this?
1: I, I think we kind of summed up our feelings on, on him. Uh, to kind of just you know, recap, though, I think it was just bad writing on, on Johnny Storm. I, I think he's a tough character to write, not necessarily a tough character to act. Mm-hmm. Because so far we've seen two good actors uh, who have proven themselves mm-hmm. oh, yeah. try, try to play him uh, with – little to no success.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, I think it's easy to kind of fall into a certain kind of trope with him. Like let's make him frat boy. Let's yeah. make him douchey. Let's yeah. make him, I don't know. It just kind of like, I don't know. That kind of character can only be so deep. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I just, I find him so annoying with this that you need to also work at making your character so likable. Like, if again, we talk about other things. Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., is kind of annoying. You know, Tony, Mm -hmm. the character Tony Stark is kind of a frustrating person if you had to be around him. But he's also, when we watch Robert Downey Jr., he's so enduring Mm -hmm. and he's so likable, even though he is a giant jerk, Mm -hmm. you know, throughout the whole series. Um, So it'll be interesting. I think what's going to really make things... What's going to be very telling kind of as we move forward is what is the casting going to look like? Who are they going to get to play the roles of these characters? And so, I mean, I know they've they've kind of denied it, but a lot of people have been really gunning for, for Reed and Sue to be played by John Krasinski and Emily Blunt for some reason.
1: I think that's already been proven incorrect. Right. I think she came out denied it or something. Right.
0: And they they could be totally just like
1: an NDA or something like that.
0: Or, oh, yeah, like, oh, no, no, I don't even. She said that she doesn't even like superhero movies, you know. Um, but she was actually, um, originally going to be, I think, the Black Widow, yes, you know, yep. but then it went there was to Scarlett Johansson. a uh,
1: scheduling conflict for that,
0: it's so weird. I could not imagine her as Black Widow. It's no. so Scarlett Johansson in my mind. Well,
1: this is the thing we, so many characters are now iconic with their actors,
0: right? It's true. It's incredible. You can't imagine another Iron Man. No. Another no. No. Um, it's it's almost even tough to imagine another Wolverine, though. I would love to see another Wolverine other than Hugh Jackman.
1: I would love to see someone else do it justice. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I I would love nothing more. I loved Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. But for for the X-Men to really come into their own in MCU, however, whenever that may be. We need someone else.
0: We need someone new. I mean, he's also, he's, he played the character for decades. Yeah. He's not a, he's not a spring chick anymore. Hugh Jackman's getting up there in age. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're talking about like. Yeah, no, but no, well,
1: th- that was also kind of the the whole idea of this, this episode too, to just kind of see, you know, what, what, what movies are now like based off of, you know, the building blocks that mm-hmm. were given to them beforehand. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Should we, should we um, play a little game here? I mean, is there, oh, we could have talked about Kerry Washington. I like her as Alicia. It's kind of funny, like, I didn't even know it was Kerry Washington yeah. when I was thinking, and then I watched it again. I was like, that's Kerry Washington. And I was like, I think, I I didn't realize it was her. And then also, I think when I thought about it, I was like, oh, that blind actress, she can really act. You know, going back and watching it now, I'm just like, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, she's she, her she does a good job, and yeah. I like, I'm a little freaked out about a little aspect of her and, and Ben's relationship, especially on the boat at the end. They really allude to some stuff, and it's just like, no, no. I don't want to think about that. No, no. no, no. <laughs> Let's not go there. Um, yes, but I um, I, li- I like her. Before we get into you know what we expect and what we think and we yeah, think yeah, about the legacy of this in EMCU, yeah, yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about in this movie as a whole?
1: No, I th- I, th- I think we've kind of hit on all the the big points on this.
0: Okay, yeah. All right. So you wanted to you wanted to talk about this movie. What is it that you really think about in regards to this era and superhero storytelling compared to what we had before? I think this the most successful things that we could look at prior to this. You know, obviously we had the X Men movies, like we said, and Spider Man, <clears throat> but also the bat the Michael Keaton Tim Burton Batman's, you know, which was like. A long time until we we really get to a batman begins which i think is really the height of um superhero storytelling again which was 89 to 2005 is how many years uh 31 yeah that a 31
1: wait no hold on no sorry 26 26 sorry okay. i had added another five
0: okay yeah. wow that's just that's is crazy anyway um yeah so what, what, what do you think? I mean, you're the one who wanted to do this little yeah. testing this theory out and taking a look at this movie. What, what do you think?
1: What I think was it is that um, you, you can kind of see that there wasn't a lot of momentum for any of these movies, even the large ones. Should I say Spider-Man? Um, X Men and stuff, yes, they so X Men still relatively contained within all those characters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There was no real crossover, okay. Okay, immediately Iron Man 1. Okay, you get the introduction of several other characters that kind of allude to the greater story, the greater universe, Mm -hmm. regardless of what the plans would be or what they could be or what was actually greenlit at the time. Um, I just feel like the, you know, obviously starting with Iron Man, there was more, um, there were, there was more being bet on it. Yeah. You know, they're saying we're going to throw the world Iron Man and we are going to hope that they like it enough where we can continue this. And, you know, said, and as soon as the world came back and said, yeah, this is a great movie. And then one, two, three, four, five, you know, just lined just, up, just lined up immediately. And
0: you can, univ- you can build a universe. You can, yes. You know,
1: none of these movies were set in that way. Even, even having like tiny uh, references or anything like right. that. It was really self-contained. Yeah. Which in, in themselves, great. That's fine. You know, you get your movie, you make your money, you get out. However. You don't get the fan base,
0: right? Right. That's true. It's and it's it's very shallow yes. performances, shallow acting, um, cynical and filmmaking in some ways. Let's just throw a a sexy woman up on the screen. Boys are going to love that. let We don't need to tell a very smart story, a well thought out story, mm-hmm. um, because it's based on the funny books, you know, and yeah. so. And they're we we throw out these movies and they'll make a bunch of money at the box office. And then yeah, yeah. And you're we're right. And I think we kind of have, I don't know if we have superhero fatigue at this point, but I think if we kept getting those movies as we did, and that's all yeah. we had, like I mean again, from where we went from here, we had X-Men three, Spider-Man three. The Ghost Rider movies. The sequel to this movie. Um,
1: now that's what I would call fatigue. Yes. Yeah. You know? Like, to, to really just touch upon the grandeur of the MCU, just having a completely fluid storyline for how many movies... Did we have between Iron Man 1 and Endgame? game like 22 20 20 plus right yeah but each of those movies flowed into the next yeah as as needed you know they, or, or in, they, it, progressed. Yeah, they in, whatever right they had enough of a depth of character development on each one mm-hmm. where you know you can you can um, latch onto these characters you can ride with them through these 20 movies there there's been nothing of this caliber and it's, it's tough to go back on these other movies, um, you know, with the previous standards yep. because of this, yep. you know, and you, we really have, you know, a lot of, you know, these couple people like Feige and, you know, you know, and the, the list goes on, but those people were, were really in charge of saying, yeah, this is going to be more than just a superhero movie.
0: Yeah. You know, so I think, um, let's, let's give it our, the, our ratings, but I also, I, I want to say this, and I was thinking about this movie. If I could have a movie with just Reed and Ben doing their stuff and relating to each other and honestly just this, their storyline, there's enough in this movie that makes me go, I, I like this movie more, this might shock you, I like this movie more than Thor The Dark World. Okay. I almost maybe like this movie more than The Incredible Hulk. Okay. You know, Mm-mm. which are my bottom two of the MCU okay. movies. Okay. Um, I think there's there's a certain aspect of the Fantastic Four that is huh, not grim, not uh, Ben Grimm, <laughs> but is um, light and a little jovial and a little bit more fun. And I think this movie – captures it a bit more i think josh trank really just shadows everything everything is dark everything is bleak everything is not fun in the fan forest stick movie that came out in 2015 this movie is a little bit more jovial it's a, it's lighter you know it's 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 most of the action scenes are like in the middle of the daytime you know yeah, what i mean yeah. it's just like and you you get to it's it's just it's a different movie you know it's not like Batman or where it's dark or daredevil where it's fights are at night. You know I mean? It's, it's a, it's a lighter movie, both in um, light teen, but also in, um, in the spirit of the film. I think I like that. I like it. I like this, the, the structure to some degree. I think there's a lot of elements that do not work with me for me in this movie, but there are times too, where I'm like, Okay, granted. Still, this is probably the best Fantastic Four movie that has ever come out. Yes. You know, so if I want to see Ben Grimm as I like him in the comic books, here he is. Yep. You know, if I want to see Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic, as he is in the comic books, here he is. I like it, and so I, I think I will return more to this movie um, and find aspects that I would like about it until it gets surpassed by the new one.
1: That's completely fair.
0: So, but if I also give this movie a rating and this is generous, I even think, I'm going to give it three out of five. I was thinking the same thing. You know? Yeah. And I think that's pretty generous right down the middle. You know, yeah. there's there's parts in this movie that really works for me. Yes. Um, and there are aspects that definitely do not. Yeah. Um, Like, the, the scene, I was almost in tears when, when Ben Grimm is trying to pick up his wedding ring that his wife left for yeah. him and then he comes over and he picks it up for him and puts it in his hand. Yeah. I was like, Oh man. Like there's, there's certain choices like that, that really work for me within this movie, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but there's just plot holy things. There's cynical filmmaking within this. That just doesn't work for me, but you said you would give it a
1: three out of five. I would give it a three out of five, uh, mainly because I think prior to MCU, it actually holds up pretty well. Um, only to be surpassed by, you know, the Spider-Man 1 and 2, X-Men 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be one more in there, but honestly, it's still in, you know, the, the top percentage of uh, pre-MCU movies.
0: Cool. Let's talk about the new one. Let's talk about the new Fantastic Four. We haven't gotten any information on this yet. I think it's supposedly coming out maybe sometime 2023. That's still <clears> not bad. <throat>
1: We're we're actually pretty close to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny because Feige said you know back when they got the rights and they're like, "What are you going to do, Fantastic Four? You're going to next Men. He's like, "I'm not thinking about that for another five years." And here we are, five years. Basically, when that movie would basically start coming out, yeah. and when it would be on everyone's radar, it would be five years later, which is which is good. Let's talk about some dream casting. Okay, who who do you think we could get to play some of these roles?
1: Well, let's talk about the ones that we really want to see done justice. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about Dr. Doom first. Okay. Who would you get for Dr.
0: Doom? Man, that's not even where I was going to start. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Part of me is like, it's tough, right? You got to have somebody who has like a a European flair to him. You know, um, I I would love to see, you know what I would love to see within the MCU? This is, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be upset if they don't do my idea. But I want to see Latveria come in presence as a nation with this ruler who is – who is an iron – you know, holds everyone in an iron fist and the world is like, what do we do about this guy? Um, And I want to see – it would be interesting to see Latveria kind of get established by taking over Sokovia. Oh. You know? Oh.
1: That would be – because
0: oh, how right. big is Sokovia, which is this fake nation right. in the MCU, that, so is Latveria. It would really, I think, establish, because Sokovia has been a, a place, even in just referencing in so much of the MCU, including Disney Plus with the Falcon Winter Soldier, and um, also WandaVision, because that's where Wanda comes out of. So I think that would be kind of interesting. I, I can't, can't really think of of um, Dr. Doom right now, though. Okay, who right. I would, do you have someone in mind?
1: No, no, that's why I wanted to ask because you, you had such strong feelings on this cast, you know, okay. Dr. Doom, but tell me, who, who, who are you thinking about for who?
0: Okay, okay, the two that I just can't kind of came to my mind okay. was Reed Richards and Johnny Storm. Okay. I think for Reed Richards, it's kind of an older actor, okay? But I think you can really... Get away with doing Reed Richards a little bit older. Okay, I was thinking um, Brian Cranston. Really, I think okay. he would be cool. Okay, interesting. I think he could he can play smart very well. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, I I don't know if his body structure necessarily would be right, but you know, he could he could get a little bit more. You know, well, Marvel does a great job at getting people trained up and ready oh, yeah. to play a superhero character. So. Marvel
1: needs you to get buff. You get
0: <clears throat> Or even just like, I don't even necessarily think of Reed as being a buff guy. I think of him as very just slender and lean, mm-hmm. you know, like you could be Reed Richards, you know, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of, I, I don't know. I like the idea. I can just picture him with the gray on the side, his little sideburn gray action. Um, maybe, maybe for Sue Storm, I think they talked about, I've read this somewhere that, they originally were going to go with like Charlie Charlie Theron. Okay, I think she could be an excellent Sue Storm. Okay, you know, interesting.
1: Yeah, she she's got <clears throat> she's yeah. I, I think she's she's got what it takes.
0: She has depth to her. Yeah, I mean, she's a knockout beauty, which is you know would be great. But at the same time, she as an actress, she comes with a certain caliber. Mm. You know, I would agree. What are you thinking?
1: trying to think who i would cast for that it's tough it really is because i don't know i (laughs) it's it's kind of funny to say but like i just don't want to pick wrong you know (laughs) well it's just because throughout all these movies there have been very few people who i would have actually thought to recast Mm -hmm. when when i'm talking about mcu you know um and now like like we were talking those people are they're they go hand in hand with their character right you know it's it's a done deal at this point you know like the action figures have been made with their faces yeah you know um the comic books are drawn are drawn for them now Yeah, that's incredible
0: <laughs> right right you portray fiction which fiction now portrays you, you. it's
1: it, it is—it's a funny cycle. It really is. I have a, a lot of trouble picturing people in these
0: roles. Okay. Can I hit you with my Johnny Storm? Please do. Please do. <clears throat> and I don't know if it's because I—I I covered this for the pod. I kind of talked to him about, about the podcast last week. Okay. Um, but I think Zac Efron could Zac be Efron. a good Johnny Storm.
1: I can see this. I, I, I could see this. I w- would let this, you know, go on this. Yeah.
0: Because I even think of something like neighbors. Remember him in that movie? Oh yeah. Kind of yeah. a douchey frat yeah. boy kid or whatever, yeah. but then he's a character who has like heart and soul yeah, exactly. and has depth yeah. to him. And yeah. I think I think Zach Efron has really proved himself to be a good actor to the point that he could really play this role. Another thing, I mean, another thing I might have totally wrong with my casting so far is that I'm going too old. And okay. maybe we need to still kind of steer things keep, a little bit more young, to the yeah. younger because, heck, you know, we might want these characters to last a little bit longer than just a couple of films. That's a good point. You know.
1: There there might be a couple, you know, no names out there that would just really knock it out of the park.
0: Give me, give me someone to play the thing what what do you have you got you got anybody i
1: I gotta have someone for this who would i get for the thing okay i found an article oh that would have been great what david harbour david harbour that would be that would be great but he already has a role he's red star in um oh that's true yeah Or, sorry, Red Guardian.
0: Red Guardian and – yeah, anyway, I I can't think of anybody right now either. What about
1: Nick Offerman?
0: (laughs) I don't know about Nick Offerman as – No. I could not see that. No way. That is – that's weird, man. No, no, I could not see that. Um. You know? Okay, just found someone. That's not bad. That is not bad.
1: However you pronounce this. Lee, I, I, Lee, Lee Shriver. Shriver.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, he he played um Sabretooth in the the bad um X-Men Origins Wolverine. But I, I this guy's already I was going to say this person, but now I'm realizing like how many of these characters are already playing superhero characters kind of in tangent to the MCU. I was going to say Tom Hardy. Jesse Jesse Plemons. Plemons. Jesse Plemons. I would love to see Jesse Plemons in a superhero movie. I don't know if he would ever be interested because he's kind of a bigger time caliber Oscar interested character, you know, actor. Right, But it still would be pretty awesome. That would be great to see Jesse Plemons. Vigo Morrison. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's getting older. I mean, that's older. That's true, true.
1: yeah. If if we're trying to keep it Young, yeah,
0: it's tough. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's, it's a tough role because, you know, with the thing, you, you got to go with somebody who can really act. Yeah. And because also, like, with the thing, he's not a sexy character. You know, you don't want him to – he's not going to have his shirt off in the same way that, like, you see Chris Evans and go, right, yeah. ooh, or Chris Hemsworth and go, ooh. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get this with the thing. So you need to go with talent more than anything else. Right. You know what? Bring Mike Chickles back. Chickles back. Is that, how do you say his name? Chiklis? I think so. From the Shield. He played the yeah, thing. He played the thing in this favorite. movie. Bring him back. He was great. He's so far he's been my favorite thing in all the <laughs> movies. Um, so yeah. Yeah. All right, Eric. With that, um, let's let's kind of end things off here. Let's kind of close things out. Um, anything that you want to talk about? Anything that you want to let the listeners know about?
1: Gosh. Um support your local theaters
0: I was just thinking that did you go to the movie theater yet
1: I have not I'm planning on it though they you know what they just did today
0: I saw you can get a viewing party for 200 bucks
1: viewing party for 200 bucks equals uh 25 guests I believe okay the, the cap on that and then you have to pay for extra guests on for like
0: event. weekday shows weekday shows and I think they're doing this just to get us through to yeah. Memorial Day weekend or oh, when yeah. we're gonna open up and be oh, yeah. open up weekdays yeah.
1: Man, that got me thinking, though. That would be pretty darn awesome to uh, run out the theater for a show or two shows or something like right? that. That would be a lot of fun.
0: Um, I went there last weekend. I had to okay. go and support our old stomping ground of the movie theater. And um, I saw Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Okay. That was really good. Good. I really enjoyed it. Um got
1: to go see Godzilla.
0: Yeah, Godzilla's really good. I haven't. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on HBO Max. Ah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Which like it's such a shame. I should go see it in theaters. Um, but I'm I'm hoping to go see the quiet place yes, this weekend. Same.
1: I had a friend who uh worked uh in the art department on that. Okay. So yeah.
0: Wow, that's pretty yeah.
1: cool. Yeah, he was telling us well, he he was in an he was under an NDA for quite a while and okay. then he finally was able to tell us and we said, Okay, we're gonna go see it. To make sure, and his name will be in the credits. That's so really we're, cool. We're gonna go see it. So. Was it
0: was it shot up in Little Falls like the first one was? You know, I believe so. Yeah, that's pretty cool yeah. as well. Yeah, it's like right in our back backyard. That's so cool, man. Yeah, I I just I am so glad the movie theater is back. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for a couple weeks because well, I'll tell the listeners this. Um, uh, this kind of goes into what we're going to be talking about for the next two weeks for the podcast. So in two weeks we get the premiere of Cruella, which is going to be a premiere access on Disney plus. You got to spend $30 on top of your subscription if you want to watch it that way, but it's also going to be playing in theaters as well. So we're going to be talking about Cruella in two weeks starring Emma Stone, but in leading up to that, we're also going to be talking about 101 Dalmatians. Now, Listeners, you might be going, didn't you already talk about 101 Dalmatians a couple weeks ago for the one-year anniversary of the podcast? Yes, we did. That is mine and my wife's favorite Disney film. Um, But what we're going to be doing for next week's show to build up anticipation for Corella with Emma Stone is we're going to watch the 90s live-action 101 Dalmatians starring Glenn Close. So that's what we're going to be doing for next week's episode. So within the span of like, a month or so, we're getting. We're going to be talking about Hundred One Dalmatians and Corella Deville um, three times in a month, so it's going to be interesting. You know, looking at the animated film, looking at the live action one um, from the '90s, and looking at the new one um, that's coming out in a couple weeks. So that's what you have to look forward to um, coming up. So watch Hundred One Dalmatians. I think it was '97 that movie came out um, for next week's show. Also, of course tune in this Friday as we um, just a couple, a couple days here as I'll be covering my review of the bad batch um, for Disney plus as well as that launches Friday morning. So yeah. What, what do you think? Are you excited about Corolla?
1: I'm excited. I'm, I want to go see this. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try and go see it in, in theaters and stuff because uh, I've been itching because the last movie I've seen in theaters was Sonic the Hedgehog. So um, while I, I did Enjoy that movie more than I thought I would.
0: It's just, it's such a sad thing that it's like that was over like a year. Over <laughs> a year. Exactly. And I, I saw so many movies in the theaters. Yep.
1: Like every single year. So it's just been
0: uh,
1: very strange.
0: It is very strange so, for me. I would go see a movie once or twice a week in theaters. Right. To go to, from that to nothing. nothing. Yes. It's really rough. So, very All right. excited. So listeners, um, thank you for tuning in. Eric, thank you for coming in.
1: As always, thank you for having me.
0: And of course, we'll have you—we'll have you back on. Um, so that's it for this week's show. I'll see you guys next time on Extreme Disney. Bye bye.